Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you for creating a, a place and an atmosphere for us to worship in. Thank you for all of your work. Thank you to all the lights, the sound people. Uh, thank you for creating an opportunity for us to shut everything out and tune in and have have a, our encounter, our time with the Lord. I'm grateful to all of the folks that do all that they do to enable us to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. Each year, our church has a theme, a vision, a focus that we start off the very first of the year with. And at the end of each year, for year after year after year, we always say we're not over. We don't just walk away and say, okay, that theme is over, uh, that's over. No, that was our focus, that was our vision, our direction for a year. Now that we're at the end of the year, prayerfully, we're closer to grasping uh, a daily life of living by faith. It's become a life. It's become a part of our life. And that's why we have these emphasis, these focus, these themes that we put on a, uh, on a year. All of our social media outlets, we have to have titles for our message. So to title this message, I want to title it, A Life of Faith. A Life of Faith. Next Wednesday night, I'm going to teach another part of this. So I was real creative in titles. So I titled next week, part two of a life of faith. So welcome you to part one, a life of faith. And next week, the creative title will be same a thing, just a little more, a little further. Matthew chapter 17, everybody's there, but me, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. Let's read. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciple asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? He says, you don't have enough faith. Our theme for this past year has been living by faith. This is the passage that we, that we were motivated to dive into this topic. There's a problem. This man came to the disciples. Now, they didn't come to Jesus. They came to his followers, the disciples. That's you and I. This man came to the disciples for an answer. They couldn't handle the problem Okay, the question is why? Verse 19, the disciples asked Jesus, why could we not handle this problem, this life issue? Why couldn't we handle this? Now, you have to see this. It's, it's very important that you see this. Jesus did not say, because you are not me. I pause for emphasis. Jesus didn't say, because, well, Tim, I'm not Jesus. Well, I'm not God. He doesn't expect you to be. He didn't say, you couldn't handle this because you're not me. In fact, is here is the answer he gave. Verse 20, the reason you couldn't handle this is you don't have enough faith. Oh, you have little 
faith. Okay, there's the reason. So as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, we obviously have the authority. We, we have the power. We are in a position to handle life's problems. Why can't we? Why don't we? Well, it's a lack of our faith. This is why faith, a life of faith, has been our focus this year, our vision for this year, because I want us, every member of this church, being able to handle life's problems by faith. I want us to deal with, handle, cope with life's problems by a lifestyle of faith. Our faith empowers us. It gives us the power we need to do what we know we should do. Our faith empowers us to handle life's problems. Well, Tim, I'm not Jesus. You don't have to be. As a disciple, you live by faith. Okay, that brings us to the next question. How do I get it? All right, I got to live by faith. They didn't have enough faith. Okay, so how do I get faith? We talked about this throughout this year, and, and we continue to go over things. And I, and I want to just say this. We continue to go over the same thing, not because I think you don't know, but it's to remind us. The truth is, every day of my life, I don't need somebody to tell me something that I don't know. I just need you to remind me to, to do what I already know to do. I knew what to do. I didn't do what I knew to do. So I remind me, constantly remind me of what I'm supposed to do because I know what to do. I've heard the sermon. I read the Bible. I know the scripture. Just say it to me again. Say it to me again so that right now in this pressure cooker I'm in, I can do what the word says to do rather than punch this guy. I already know what to do. Okay, tell it to me again. Go over it with me again. Tell me one more time. Faith comes, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes to us by hearing the word. We talked over and over about this, not by having heard. It is by hearing. We talked about this this last Sunday in our panel. To stay healthy and nourished, we don't eat green beans one time. To stay healthy and nourished, we don't eat supper one or two times. Well, I've, I'm, I'm good. No, we continually eat the same thing because what it does in us. We hear that same word over and over because of what it does in us. Here's what you got to remember about the word. Here's what you got to remember about hearing, hearing the word. I've read a lot of books, a lot, a lot of books in my time, one time. And I've read a few books, two, three, four times. Man, I've underlined them. I've studied them. I've taken notes on every word. I've devoured some books. But I have never read a book hundreds of times. I've got, I've got six or eight Bibles in my office that I can't carry anymore because the pages are falling out. The covers are falling off of them. I've read those and read those and studied them so much that you got to handle them real carefully because they just disintegrate. Papers are going everywhere. And I, and I got a bookshelf with a number of those Bibles in it. I've got a Bible up there that was the first Bible I read from cover to cover, and I got the dates in it when I did. I was in high school. 
I don't do that with any other book. No other book is like the word of God. It is alive. It is active. It is power. It is new every morning. It restores my soul. It corrects. It reproves. It encourages. It motivates. So you're never finished with it. You're never finished hearing that same scripture over and over and over. You never say, okay, I read that. I don't need it again. And I, I, I was thinking yesterday morning, because we talked about this in the panel Sunday. So the next morning, I, I was there at breakfast eating my eggs and my ham that Terry fixes me every single morning. Eat that same thing every single morning within five minutes of the same time every day because I've learned with my levels and all that goes on in my body. It's, it's, here's the way you keep your sugar levels, your cholesterol. Here's the way you operate this. And so I'm sitting there eating the very same thing within five minutes of the very same, same time every day. And, and I got a sense of, of that going inside me and it was doing what it was supposed to do to my sugar level. It was doing what it was supposed to do to my metabolism start up in the morning. And, and as I was eating that very same thing that I eat every morning, I was aware like never before, it was doing something inside me that was going to help me throughout that day eating that same thing at the same time because of, is this good to you or just... I'm sitting here at the breakfast having a great time and you could care less about this. But anyway, it goes off inside me. How many times in my whole life have I read Psalms 23? My grandmother, who I spent lots and lots of time with, had it on a wall. And so as a little kid learning to read, I, I mean, I, Psalms 23, how many times have, have those of you who were raised in, in church at all, have you read that? It, just right now. Right now, everybody here, close your eyes, bow your head. Repeat after me. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it loud. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the presence of the Lord forever. Now, if you don't feel better than you did when we started, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Undeniably, just one of those sentences, just, it, wow. It, it just, your rod and your staff protect me. Well, it just, see, it, it's alive. See, it does, it builds faith. 
It builds faith. You've heard those words a gazillion times in your life. Yet right there, going over those same words, you, you just felt something on the inside of you. Why? Because faith comes by hearing that word. See, the word's there, but it didn't do me any good until I heard it. And as I was hearing it, it did something on the inside of me. You know, the Old Testament, uh, it's, it's as boring as you can read. It's confusing. All of the laws, all the ceremonies, there are things in there I don't understand. It builds faith and it builds an excitement in me for what it is revealing to me about the new covenant because I would not appreciate Jesus had I not known how man for 4,000 years tried to find God, how we had to try to please God. And I start reading about all of those sacrifices and all of that blood and all of that stuff. And, I, and boy, I, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not trying to find God that you came to seek and save me. Well, yet while I was a sinner, you came. I didn't have to trape to the temple and take me a dove and ask a priest to go in behind this curtain and talk to you for me. I can, Hebrews says, I can come boldly into your presence all because of Jesus. Now, I wouldn't know that had I not labored countless hours through all of that under life under the old covenant. See, there's no way to understand God's plan of salvation if we don't understand the life under the old covenant. As we read all of that, it builds faith in our heart. It builds faith in our heart. The point of all this about living by faith is as faith comes, here's the point, a power comes to handle life. As faith comes to you, the power comes to you to handle life. Without faith, you're powerless to handle just daily life. Without faith, you're left to cope with your problems by alcohol. You're left to cope with your problems by money. You're, you're trying to cope with your problems by a bigger house, a newer house. The problem is, as soon as you buy it, it's a used house. It doesn't take very long until you got to replace this and you got to replace that. And then this is broke. And if that is what you're looking for, for satisfaction, what does it do on the inside of you when your hot water heater doesn't work? See, because that is where I get my satisfaction, then you're in trouble when your new car gets a ding on the side of it. You're in trouble when you're looking for a high-end vacation to make you somebody or to have you feel good about your. How do you handle life? What is your daily go-to? Life happens, and it happens for all of us. Is your response, is your reaction, how you mentally process what's going on? We all have hurts. We all have losses. We all have disappointments. We all have anger issues. Don't let Josh put up Christmas lights on the house. He's got anger issues he's got to deal with. We all have anger issues that we, we got to work through. Okay, how do you work through them? How do you work through them? Faith is our substance. It's our evidence. It's our confidence. It's our assurance. It's what I go to when the hanging of the Christmas lights is not working. 
when I work for all these hours and I plug the tree in and one strand of lights in the middle doesn't work. See, it, how do you deal with that moment right there? The truth is worry comes. And you got good reason to worry. Fear comes and you got good reason to be afraid right now. Stress. I mean, one phone call and bad news happens and you got reason to be jerked up. But when I read God's word, see, when I read, God will never leave me or forsake me. When I hear that in my head, when I say that to myself, God will finish in me what he started. God has a, God has a plan for me. I am created by God on purpose. And there is a purpose that I'm fulfilling right now, even with these little kids and this dirty dishes and this dishwater that got spilled on the floor. I am instilling values. I'm raising children. I'm t- Are you getting this? See, there, there's a reason. There's a purpose for my life. And when you understand God is my refuge, God is my fortress, even if I, I, I tell you, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with me. See, it, it's a way we live. It's the way we navigate. My buzz, my feel good doesn't come from a chemical. My buzz, my feel good comes from God will never leave me or forsake me. God will finish in me what he started. That, that's a buzz. See, that is a feel good. Right now, I'm a little down. Right now, I'm, I'm facing a real problem. God has a plan for me. God is my refuge. See, that, that is my feel good. That faith empowers you to handle the moment that you're in. I get jerked up like everybody else does. We turn to God through faith. I get mad like everybody else does. I have to turn my mind to faith. I hurt a lot of times. You don't work outside with a chainsaw and work on a ranch and build. You don't do what I do and your back not hurt. Your joints not hurt. I got to say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I got to listen to a podcast on my way to town. I got to have faith built and my knuckles are throbbing, and I start listening to a podcast, and, and my hands quit hurting as bad as they did. Come on, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before that podcast is over, I feel better. I, I just, I, I feel better. See, I'm infused with power. I start saying, by his stripes, I am healed. I say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I'm going to do this job, and I'm going to get it done right now. I don't care how bad my back hurts. You know, before that job's over, I, my, I forgot all about my back hurting. I feel better than I... Are you getting it? See, the word, I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. That's what I keep saying to myself. And it's not long that what is hurting in you, what is wearing on you, what you're jerked up about, all of a sudden begins to fall in line. Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent out his word and it healed them. And it snatched them from the door of death. That happens to me every day. Usually about every hour. Here's the question. After going to church for the last five years, after going to church for the last 10 years, are you the same? Do you handle life the same? Or is there a new power in you? Is there, is there a new 
power source that you're experiencing. Are you living a life of faith? Can, can you say, as a result of what I heard Sunday morning, we had panel Sunday, as a result of some of the things that Paul and Josh and Tim said, out of what I heard Sunday morning, I handled my Monday a little different. Here's what happened on Tuesday, and I handled that different out of what I heard. See, that word made a difference in my day. As a result of what I heard Sunday morning, my day at work was different on Tuesday than it would have been had I not had that word going over and over in my head. See, the word changes our daily life. We, we, just, we just read here in verse 20, if you had faith even as mustard seed. Now, mustard seed, and we teach this all the time, and I'm teaching it not because you don't know, but to remind you of what you knew. A seed is predestined. Always remember that. If you plant a corn seed, you're not going to get spinach. A seed is predestined. The word is seed. The word is predestined. It will produce in your life. The word will produce in your life. The word says you will reap what you sow. Why? Because seed is predestined. You're going to reap what you sow. You're not ever going to sow corn and get Brussels sprouts. You're going to reap what you sow. Now, here's what's a little unfortunate. It's true, but the church in times past has used that to threaten people. Because I heard as a little kid, you'll reap what you sow. Now, you need to remember this. You're going to reap what you sow. Now, you be, you, now don't you? You're going to reap what you sow. Well, if you sow a bunch of bad, you're going to reap it. I get that. But I want you to think about this just for a minute. This is the best thing you ever heard. You will reap what you sow. See, that is the best thing I've ever heard because I can go out here and I can do good. I can be polite. I can help people. I can pay my tithe. I can give my offering. I can volunteer. I can serve in the ministry. I, I'm, I'm controlling my moods. I'm going to reap what I sow. See, I'm going through some difficult times right now, but I'm going to reap what I sow, and I'm sowing good things. I'm sowing good things, and so good things are going to happen for me. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I am saying that I've been doing this. I've been serving God. I'm not robbing God. I'm paying my, are you hearing me? So you, you go back in your life and say, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to reap some things I've sown. I'm going to reap some things I've sown. I'm a giver. I'm a giver and I give a lot. That's good news. It'll be given to me, good measure, shaking together, pressed down, running over. It's coming. My ship is coming to me. Because I understand if I'll continue to do good in due season, I will reap. See, you can't plant the corn seed and in two seconds go back and say, well, I don't have any corn. It's not working. No, you just keep on and you keep on and you keep on and you keep on and you'll look over your shoulder. Wow, I'm living a blessed life. I, my life is working for me. I'm living, you know what? I'm living blessed. Now, the, the, the opposite's true. You will reap what you sow. And if you live like this, and if you live like that, then you can expect your life to unravel. You can expect all hell to break loose. You can ex 
What's happening? It's a product of what you've been sowing. It's just, it's just a product of what you've been sowing. Now, here's the best news ever. Just start doing good. Now, it's not going to happen in five minutes. It's not going to happen in 10 minutes, but you just start doing good and you start living right and you start doing good and you start living right and you start doing right and you start a relationship with the Lord and you start growing in your relationship with the Lord and you do, are you getting this? In due season, you're going to see things in your daily life change. I'm, man, I'm blessed. The truth is I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My life is working. Why? Because you will reap what you sow. Right now, it's hard times. You're going to go through difficult times. And, and I think we, I don't know how we, we preach this idea that just come to Jesus and you're not ever going to have any problems. Now, I don't know why pastors wanted to say something like that because you come to Jesus and your problems are going to double. The devil's really going to get after you then. When you're going the same way he's going, he's not after you. When you start going the opposite way, it's going to be headbutting with the devil all of the time. That's just common sense to me. Things are going to happen, but now I got the power to handle them and come out peaceful, come out full of joy. I mean, as me stand up here and act like we don't ever go through this. I told you all about it. in July of this year, I was laying in the back of an ambulance and I, I, I'm just falling apart and screaming and yelling. Or in my mind, I can say, good, we'll come out of this. God's hand is on me. God will never leave me, forsake me. When they put me in the back of this ambulance, they closed that door. God didn't get shut out. He's right here. And you watch, something good's going to come out of this. I'm going to be blessed. God's going to use this to build something in my life, build something in somebody else's life. See, so you can sit there and stir up the faith that is on the inside of you, or you can lay in there in that bed and fall completely and totally apart, screaming and cussing and mad at everybody and threatening the doctors and cussing. That's up to you. But we're talking about living a life of faith not a life of fear, not a life of anger, not a life of worry. This year is about us living a life of faith, and God's going to bless me. Just yesterday, I'm getting ready to preach this message. Just yesterday, I go into the dentist. It's not the first time I've been to the dentist. It's just another day at the dentist. It's not something you really look forward to, but you got to go in there. And I like that. Open your mouth, just a little pinch. Why don't they say it's just going to hurt like heck? I'm going to jab a needle down into your gum. No, they don't ever say that. It's just a little pinch. And, it's, it's, and it, you know, that needle's about that long. And stick that in. The, and anyway, it is what it is. He said, just a little pinch. And I just said, that's a lie. He started laughing. I said, come on, just tell the truth. That, that's a lie. It's not a little pinch. You're going to jam that thing in my. Anyway, go ahead. I'm ready for you. So, you know, you get numb, then they do it again, they do it again. Then you start feeling all weird on the side of your head, and then it goes up, and you're just, okay, okay. Then he starts in. I like all that stuff that's flying out of your mouth and that smell. That's a, and that sound of that drill, that's your favorite. And so you're, you're laying there, and then he said, you know what? I can't do this. So he pulls his gloves off. So now what am I supposed to do with that information? So what, do you want to hand me the tools? What I, you can't do it. Who in here is going to do this? And he said, look, we're, I'm, I, hang on, I'm going to make a phone call. 
Oh, we're ordering pizza? I mean, what are you making phone calls? I'm going to call another dentist and see if he can get you in. I'm going to send you across town to another dentist. Oh, well, that, that, that's just what I wanted to do. Then he comes back in. He's going to see you, but I don't want this numbing to wear off. I'm going to give you one more shot. So he gives me another shot. Well, then it's all up in my face. My ear, you know, okay, well, then let me, oh, that's no big deal. I'll just get in my truck and drive across town like this condition. You know, your lip hanging, that drool coming out. And, uh, you know the deal. Y'all been there. So then I get to the other dentist, and then they start digging and pulling. And, and, oh, no. Here's what you want to hear. Oh, no. Well, you, your tooth breaks. Then they get three more people with their hands in there. Then and, uh, and blood comes in. All right, we got it. He walks out. The two little ladies in there, oh, my God, we can't stop the bleeding. So now he's, I'm talking it's just pouring out. It's just, I'm talking about pouring out. And they can't get it mopped up. I lean over the trash can. I'm talking about... Uh, well, I guess this is it. I always wondered how I'd go out. I'm bleeding out right here in the dentist office. And we got two ladies just, and they're getting jerked up. Oh, I don't know what to do. I, I've never seen it. Now, they make a living doing this, and then they say to me, I've never seen anything like this before. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm glad it's happening to me. We can't get it stopped. Well, who could? Yo, can I raise my hand? Okay, well, is there anybody here that can? And it's, just, it's, it's terrible. Now, I can get mad. I can have a come apart. I can unravel. I can freak out. I can faint and pass out. I can start kicking. Or I can say, God's hand's on me. He's not finished with me. If he is finished with me, I guess this is better than an airplane wreck. <laughs> you know, you say, God, here I am. We got to have some help here. And you, you roll your cares. See, it preaches good. Sounds great. And you amen it. But it's different whenever blood's pouring out of you. And the nurses who know what to do are saying, I don't know what to do. We can't get this stopped. Okay, now this sermon takes on a little different meaning than it did the day before when I was in my office writing all this. See, you live on worry, on fear. You're anxious, you're, you're panicked, panic grabs you, or you live by faith. This is easy to preach. Ain't easy to do when you're laying in a dentist chair. And he says, oh, no. Okay, how does that sermon go over right now? Well, bring me those notes. I need to read them again to myself. Maybe not right this second, but I'm living a blessed life. God's blessed me. His faithfulness, his love endures forever. God is faithful. God has never left me. He's never left me, and he's not leaving me. He may be grossed out right now in this dentist year, but he's not going to leave me. His hand is on me. I have confidence that he's going to see me through. And you just have a great peace, and they're just mopping the blood and trying to get things done. Here I am. Well, you're good to go. I said, no, I'm not good to go. Also, I'm not getting in that truck and driving by myself home when you have had it. Well, the bleeding stopped. It has been stopped for three seconds now. I'm going to lay here until we know it stopped. Well, see, I'm just not panicked. You, you're just not panicked about life when you live by faith. When you live, I get it. It's a lot easier for us to amen it in here than it is for us to live in it out there. But that's why we're going over and over it in here to empower us 
to live in it out there. I can't talk about this without going to Mark chapter 4. Quickly, Mark chapter 4, verse 13. I won't read this whole deal, but just get to the end of it. If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, you, you can't understand any of the parable. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. See, that seed is predestined. God's word is like seed. It's predestined in your life. Here's the problem. The seed that falls on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, and immediately they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desire for things so that fruit, no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear it and accept God's word. And it produces a harvest. See, it produces the word you heard Sunday produced a harvest in your life on Monday. The word that we just went over on Sunday in that panel, it produced a harvest for me laying in that dentist chair. I was able to implement the very message that we were talking about on Sunday. It produces a harvest in your life. Now, here is, here's what you've got to know. Paul preached a sermon on this a month or so ago. The fight that we have every day. You are in a daily battle, and the fight is for your faith. That's what it's for. That, you're not fighting with flesh and blood. You're not yang yang with it. The fight's not with your boss. The fight, the fight is with the enemy trying to steal your faith, and he's using your boss. He's using your finances right now. He's using this dentist. He's trying to right, see the fight is for your faith. The fight is for your faith, and we have to fight the good fight for our faith. You got to notice, every excuse in the world will come to you not to come to church, not to be in church tonight. So, well, well I'll listen to it next week. No, I'll, I'll tune. And then you miss all the worship. You miss what could have happened inside your heart. See, the fight, you're too tired to go to church. You worked all day. See, the fight is for your faith. The fight is for your faith. Just while well out Sunday morning, the fight is for your faith. There will be a reason Saturday night that you don't want to come to church. I know because I never want to come. Stay at home. See, the fight is for your faith. We're fighting to live by faith. And Satan is trying to steal the word from you. Why? Because it builds faith. He's trying to steal you hearing the word because the word builds faith in your heart. You don't let the devil win in your day. You live by faith. Every day of your life, the fight that we face, the mental battle is for our faith. And your faith is trying to be pulled away from you, pulled out of you. I don't even know if I believe in God. Well, if God's going to be like that, well, I don't even know if I will. Well, I can't trust God. When I See, the fight, he's trying to pull your faith out of you by whatever is going on right around you. Over and over and over, we read the Bible says, the fight is for your faith. Hold on to your faith 
You refuse to let your day. Don't let your mate steal your faith. Don't let a co-worker steal your faith. Don't let a running buddy steal your faith. You refuse to let a job that didn't go right steal your faith. You refuse to let a piece of equipment that didn't start, and you've got all these people waiting for it to run. You refuse to let that steal your faith. You go to a dentist and the appointment goes south. You're not going to let this situation steal your faith. I choose to live today by faith. Y'all stand. Lord, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for the the sharpness of your word, the life that is in your word. And Lord, we use your word as our go-to. Lord, you are our source. You are our strength. And it's in you we live and move and have our being. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.